Hey, this is Lauren BR, and this is The Authentic Podcast. Hi, everyone. Thank y'all so much for popping into this episode today. Just want to give a heads up. There are some really weird microphone sound issues that I didn't even know were happening at the time. So just be warned. Totally believe that is the devil just trying to stop this episode and this word from coming out. So just don't let that affect how you listen to the episode and enjoy because the Lord really speaks through Caroline and it is such a good episode. Hi everyone and welcome back to Authentic. I'm your host Lauren and today I have a new yet old friend Caroline on the podcast today. She's probably one of the coolest people that I know and I met her I think it's three summers ago now Mm -hmm. um, working at Camp Choye which I've talked about before on here and I'm so excited because she took a major bold step in faith and decided to take a gap year with surrogate riders which we'll get all into that um this past year so welcome to the podcast I'm so excited for this <laughs> like I oh, just so excited Lauren and I haven't even like seen each other since I've been gone so this will be news to Lauren as well as y'all <laughs> no yes I've been wanting to do this since like Christmas so I'm so excited to like get into everything but before we talk about kind of your past year just let us know a little bit about you and um where you're at in your relationship with the lord and all of that yeah so i am 19 years old um yeah i graduated high school and the lord kind of just flipped my plans upside down and so i took this gap year with circuit riders um and yeah i think growing up i grew up in the catholic church um and obviously like no slander body of christ like we bless them but um i just i was so stuck in religion and i got to a point where i was like lord if this is all that it is like if i'm just sitting in a church pew getting preached at i really don't want it and the lord had to very um harshly redirect me in the best way possible and um i think I'd say I'm pretty newly saved because I think everybody gets saved. But when I was like saved, saved was um, just like last October. And so the Lord's just kind of lit me on fire ever since then. And I, I was telling Lauren, like, I am not any of the same person that she um, had seen last. When was that last summer? Yeah. July. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited. So obviously we've been talking a lot about circuit riders, but can you kind of tell listeners like what exactly that is, how you got involved with it and like what you, I guess still are, we're doing with them. I don't really know. We have a lot to talk about. So kind of just like (laughs) what that is and what you did with them this past year. Okay. Yeah. So circuit riders is um, a grassroots movement and it's under the umbrella of YWAM, which is youth with a mission. Um, And basically the mission of circuit riders is to save the lost, revive the saved and train them all. And so, um, yeah, basically I got involved because, um, I mean, coming from the Catholic church, never heard anything about like these crazy organizations ever. Um, and so was never on my radar. I was very much head down, like graduate high school, go to A&M, get a good job and probably stay in the suburbs of, of Texas. Um, and so basically I was at a point in my faith where I was so spiritually dead. Um, I, I had kind of given up on God altogether. Um, I had a, I had a friend who was 17 years old, pass away and it was, it was so hard, um, to understand that I just kind of gave up and all I had seen from God was either in the Catholic church or at camp. 
Um, and yeah, so I was looking for a roommate um, on Instagram and I found this girl, her name was Grace. And I was like, oh my gosh, like we're definitely best friends. Like I need to reach out to this girl. Um, and so I did and it was cutting it close to the time. And she was like the only person I'd really like talking to. And so I was like, we have to be roommates. Um, she was like, yeah, sure. But if I don't get into A&M, I think I'm going to be taking a gap year with this thing called circuit riders. And she sent me the promo video and I was like, that looks pretty cool, but not for me. Um, and she was like, when can we meet? And, um, she's like, I'm actually going to college station in four nights. Like, let's meet then. I literally just started talking to this girl and I was like, <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, and she was like, I'm actually going to college station to go to this thing called carry the love, which is, um, a part of circuit riders. And she was like, you should so come with me. And at the time I was like, um, okay, I mean, I'm just going to go to convince her to come to college with <laughs> me. Um, and <laughs> the Lord had way different plans, but, uh, yeah, I, I literally met her right outside the doors of this event. And, um, we went in and it was a bunch of college kids. I didn't know. Um, I didn't even believe in God at the time. Um, and it just, I remember it just feeling so different right off the bat. Um, I was still scared and didn't want to be there. Um, but the preacher got on stage and, um, I feel like growing up in the Catholic church, we were definitely taught to be skeptical of any other religious teachings. And so I'd never heard anything outside of it. And he got up there and the first thing he said was, I know that one day I'm going to stand before God and take into account everything I say to you tonight. And I don't know why my ears just opened to that. Um, he had preached the gospel, told his testimony and, I don't really remember any of that. Um, and I don't remember feeling super compelled either, but at the end of it, he was like, I'm going to ask you all a series of questions. If this applies to you, I want you to raise your hand. I was like, I hate it when preachers <laughs> do that. Like, that's so annoying. Um, and he started saying like, if you actually don't know God, if you've been putting on a facade and you're just lukewarm and he just went straight after it. And he, he, there were like a couple more sentences, but I just remember my heart literally feeling like my chest was on fire. Um, and it was never something I knew it was the Holy spirit. Cause I was like, I can't physically do this to myself right now. Well, I didn't know at the time it was the Holy <laughs> spirit. Um, and then my hand started violently shaking until it was up in the air. And it was one of those things where I was like, this is insane. I had no control over my body. And but I, at like right in that moment when my hand went up in the air, I'd never felt so much peace in my life. And it just kind of felt like the act was over. I mean, my Instagram was still telling people I was a Christian, that I loved God, um, young life. I was, I was sharing my testimony in front of everybody. Um, and it was just all like, oh, it's done. Like, I don't have to pretend anymore. And this is, this is so much realer than whatever the Catholic church was teaching me. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't know that it was the Holy Spirit until I got to Circuit Riders, but that was back in March um, of last year. And so, yeah, that night, Grace and I both were like, this is 100% something we're doing. Um, and yeah, I texted my parents that night. I was like, hey, I'm not actually going to AM. I'm going to California, which was a wild, a wild jump. But yeah, at that point, there was no, there was no like, oh, should I do this? It was like, this is absolutely insane. Um I don't even know any of the details of how this is going to work, but I know it's God and I don't have any other choice but to do it. Um, and yeah, that's how that went. <laughs>
that is crazy i literally have like chills yeah, that is the coolest crazy. story and i didn't know like any of that because obviously i knew you like before all of this yeah um like working at camp together and stuff and i had no idea so that's crazy yeah oh my <laughs> it's goodness. wild um what i also wanted to ask um before we even get into like what you did when mm -hmm. you were in california but did you face a lot of like opposition from your parents and your peers was it hard to kind of do something completely different than everyone else not go to like a m or call i mean college in general like what was that experience absolutely like? i mean the first i i like had stayed in college station with my sister for a few days and i came back that night i mean mascara running down my face i was still like wrecked and she was she was upset with me because the plan was i was going to be in college with her like it was all going to be great and she just didn't understand um but and then the first question to my parent parents asked when they sat me down is like is this a cult <laughs> i was like that's a valid question but no um and there was a lot of people that didn't understand like coming from the south this isn't a normal like yes you go on your one week mission trips and um like building houses and stuff and but outside of that nobody knew what this was or what this was like um especially going to california you know a bunch of texans have an opposition to that um and so yeah telling my friends at school they're like yeah right like <laughs> caroline says a lot of things like this is not gonna happen and it did happen and i i just i was never phased by any of it because at that point i'd been confronted with something that was so life-changing that i had no i had no question like there was nobody that was gonna talk me out of doing this so yeah that's crazy and just mm -hmm. a testament to like how powerful the lord is oh yeah um it's just so cool like yeah. i had never heard this so i'm just like processing <laughs> myself like okay wow yeah um but obviously i like got your um emails and stuff mm -hmm. um and so you talked a lot about when you were first um going to california and that was kind of a whole experience in itself because you drove right yeah from like houston to yeah we took california. my jeep so to what california. was that like because i'm kind of going in chronological order of like okay so you figure out you're going <laughs> then you got there like what yeah. was that like so yeah grace and i packed up my jeep literally the whole back was filled um and we took off from houston and drove up to lubbock to stay with one of her friends and and then stopped in phoenix um for a night at an airbnb and just the whole I, mind you i did not really know grace like at all <laughs> we had hung out maybe twice after this had happened um but we both were super busy all summer and so it was so funny just like the conversations that we had i was looking back like on our drive back of like we literally knew nothing about each <laughs> other and we were just blindly trusting god that this is what we were supposed to do um so yeah the road trip was so fun um it wasn't until we actually got to hb we were pulling up at the park where registration was that we both were like oh my gosh like this is real <laughs> like we're about to do this and we pulled up at the park and we just were like screaming internally we were like i cannot believe this is happening and like all the people we were so nervous um so yeah the whole trip up there was so fun but it really hit us when we like pulled up to the park and we we saw the cool outfits of all the californians and we're like oh no this is real it was wild that's so crazy so what did like an average day or average week look like when you're in california i guess kind of just like what did you do while you were there and like how did the lord change you what did you learn like take yeah. me through california you oh, know well i that. guess you're in california the whole time but <laughs> first semester when you're yes what you were doing there okay so basically um what i'll walk through like a whole week okay because yeah. it's very kind of split up but um 
So you're registered in what we call like skill set tracks. So you have a choice between media or music or evangelism or messenger, it's called. And so it's all like, how are you going to preach the gospel through media, pictures, like videos, uh, through music, and then um, just preaching. That's so um, cool. Wow. Yeah. So I chose to do music. Um, and so you do that and then you also choose a movement track. So the movement tracks would be either carry the love, which is, this is all the, for the spring semester preparing to go on tour. So there's a carry the love tour, there's a black voices tour, and there's a brave love women tour. Um, so I was on carry the love. And so let's see, Monday, you'd go to class. We'd have class every single day of the week at like 10 AM. Um, and there'd be a different topic every week. Um, so you go to class, sit in there for two to three hours, different guest speakers from all over the world. Um, and then you have a break on Mondays and then you have Monday nights and Monday nights were my favorite. It was just like the, it's open to the, anybody. Um, and it was in this church that we had our class at and it was just worship and then a message and more worship. Uh, but it was just so fun. Like anybody's invited from all over Orange County. Um, and then Tuesdays, we have Greenhouse in the mornings, which Greenhouse is the prayer, um, intercession, and worship. Um, and so we'd go to that 8 a.m., then go to class. And then Tuesdays, we had our skill set track. So we'd go and just get trained in whatever um, we wanted to do. And then Tuesdays, we also had what else do we have? We had family dinners. So we, in our inside of our houses that we had, um, you live in these beautiful houses in HB with like 10 to 14 other guys or girls. Um, and so we'd have family dinners and two people would cook a meal every week for the whole family. Those are really sweet. Um, and it was just like a time to share testimonies and just really bond with your house. Um, and that was the end of Tuesdays. Wednesdays, greenhouse in the morning, class. Um, and then, yes, Wednesdays were outreach days. So we got assigned a team and we would go to universities all over Southern California um, every single Wednesday. And so I went to USC and you just literally go and evangelize for like four straight hours. And when I tell you at the beginning of DTS, I hated it. I was terrified. I couldn't stand it. I remember the first girl I ever preached the gospel to, I was like, I did that so wrong. She, I didn't even ask her if she wanted to give her life to Jesus, but it quickly became like my favorite day of the week. Um, so yeah, that was Wednesdays. And then Thursdays, um, we just have class and then we have greenhouse at night. Um, and greenhouse on Thursdays is called Jesus encounter night. And it's basically where we like focus on one aspect of God and like pray into it, they teach on it, and then just like go ham and worship. And then Friday's class, and then our movement track, so carry the love for me. And then weekends were free. Um, anytime that you weren't doing anything like class or anything, it, you go do whatever you want. And so um, my friends and I would always like take a trip to like Malibu or like hiking during the weekends, and that was really sweet. That just sounds incredible, like yeah. insane. I like don't know anyone else who's ever done anything like that. That's crazy. Yeah, I can't even imagine just getting to like fill your life with like learning so much about the Lord. That's crazy. Yeah, it was wild. It was 
So the first week we had the topic was culture shift because it is it is the biggest culture shift just going for 12 weeks in a place where all you're doing is just going after God and you're learning so much that you have never heard before. Um, and I like I just I love circuit riders like I will I mean we'll talk about it later of like that kind of stuff but like you have so much freedom but you also in that freedom it's just like all you want to do is just sit in the prayer room and like be with God and it was just it was incredible it was so great it was 12 straight weeks of DTS and then we took a break went home and then went on tour that's crazy well okay I probably should have asked this sooner but like what led you I guess kind of like leading up to your whole life the Lord has been planting Mm -hmm. seeds but like I guess kind of take us through the moment that you got saved in October and like what that looked like and like what led you there or like your I don't know kind of talk about that because I think that's interesting yeah so I think I might have misspoke before but I think I got saved saved at the carry the love stop that I'd gone to in March okay that makes sense yes but October from March to whenever I got there in October it was kind of a waiting game I was still like partying and doing all the stuff because I just I kind of knew that my whole life was going to change once I went um and so there was part of me that was like I just want to do all the bad things before I'm not okay with them or like I was like I don't know how to live any differently now so I'm just gonna wait um but yeah October everything changed I got free from so much sin so much stuff that was on me um and so i think like that's really when i truly was walking into like the new creation and all that okay that makes sense all of that yeah (laughs) okay um i'm just like not that i need to process this because like you're the one who went through (laughs) it but it's just crazy and like so just a testament of the lord's faithfulness and power oh yeah it's just so oh yeah um but i guess more of like a fun question but i would read your like the emails that you would send and you would talk about um the different people that spoke to you and i was like oh my gosh not to say that i'm jealous because that's horrible but i'm like <laughs> these are such incredible people yes. so who would you say your favorite like speaker was that you got to hear from because y'all heard from some like insane yeah. people from like all over oh the world. my gosh i that's the thing like i didn't know any of these people before and so everybody would be like oh peter lewis is here <laughs> like david gava and i'm like sure and then they'd speak and i'm like oh my gosh like this such profound stuff and they make it so simple so this is a question i am so excited to get into because i might like get a little preachy on this one but i'm so so peter lewis was my favorite so peter lewis is from upper room church in dallas um and he was like week three so it was very it was very early um and the topic that week was uh gospel week and i was like i know the gospel everybody knows the gospel we get it um but he i I, everybody was just in shock of like how simple yet how complex the gospel is and how life-changing it is once you fully grasp it and i i just that whole week just bawling my eyes out in the seat like i cannot believe this like how has nobody told me this before um and so i remember the first day one of the first things he did he got up on that stage and he said i am not a sinner i'm the righteousness of god and it was the i i that like confronted my flesh so hard i was like offended i was like this dude thinks he's all that but he is the most gentle and meek man i've ever seen and it was the first time i believed somebody well i don't think i'd ever heard anybody say that but i believed it so deeply um And so he just got into um, what 
the gospel, like what the blood of Jesus actually did. And outside of circuit riders, I know very few churches that preach this and people that preach this. And, and it's the truth. It's, it's biblical truth. Um, and so, yeah, he, he started in Genesis and literally took us through the whole Bible of like the gospel is in every single book of the Bible. Jesus is in every single book. Um, and so there was one, it was the second day and he brought us to the fact that we are dead to sin and alive to God and what that actually means. Um, and so I want to read Romans six, because it, like once you, once you grasp this, it is the most life changing thing. And I, I cannot, I, oh, I, I don't have words, but I have so many words. So Romans 6, sin's power is broken. And it says, well, then should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? And I don't know if he said this. Someone said it during DTS, but they said, God's love and power, his blood does not give you permission to sin, but it gives you a platform to be sinless. And that blew my mind. Because for so long, I remember even in camp ministry, I had, I had this girl um, ask me, she was like, I, I love God and everything, but I just want to have fun. And then like, I'll come to him. And I literally agreed with her. And I couldn't at that moment, I was like, I cannot believe I just affirmed this girl and her sin. And I just, that, that changed everything for me. Why am I, why? Okay. I need to like focus on this. Okay. Uh, verse three, or have you forgotten that when you were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined with him in his death for we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the father. Now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our own sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know that we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead, and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. So this part, when he died, he died once to break the power of sin, but now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you should also consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Like that is the most... It's one of my favorite set of verses because the most profound thing that does not get preached enough. No one, we, we are, it is shoved down our throats that we are sinners. We are stuck in sin. You're just going to always sin. Um, yes, repent. Repent means to, to say, I'm sorry and turn away. And I am so, so passionate and fired up about this because for so long I was stuck in addiction. I was just stuck in so much sin because I was like, the Lord's going to forgive me, but I was still depressed. I was still anxious. What is that going to do if we just say, oh, I'm sorry. Like you're, you're just, this is how it is. No. Like, is that to say the blood is not sufficient? Like he died so that you are out of that, so that you are free. And that's not to say be in denial if you are stuck in sin and just say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm the righteousness of God. Yes. Come as you are to the Lord, but do not leave the same. Like be washed by the blood. And I think like, I, I just, this is so crazy to me. And once you grasp like the power of the blood of what it did, of how clean you are because of the blood, your whole life is going to change. 
and, and just with this, like you died, you died with Christ. You have to make that conscious decision of like, yes, Lord, I want to be crucified with you. Like that is your old self. That is your old man and start living in that new life, that new creation. Um, and yeah, I just, it rocks me every time there's, there's a cover of the blood by upper room on YouTube, the Abby Gamboa version. The first time I heard that song, I recommend it to literally anybody because I, it just, it rocks you of like there, this is such a powerful gift that so many people don't accept that so many people just have half of it or like not even half. I like, yes, sin, when you're in sin, you are comfortable. Um, there is, it's fun or whatever, but have you been in the glory of God? And that's like when preaching the gospel and saying like, yes, everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We focus on that sin part, but what if you focused on the glory? People don't know what the glory is. People don't know the glory that they fell from. Just being in perfect communion with the father, there is nothing greater. There, there's absolutely nothing. And I've lived that lukewarm life for so long and just, I was so deceived and I was so like, yes, this is okay. Sin. And then on Sunday, like you'll be washed and, and, but you'll fall right back into it because that's just who we are. That's just our nature. The Bible literally says you are not slaves to sin anymore. You are slaves to Christ. And so like, this is just in, in no way, like, is this condemning? I'm just so like on fire for this, for people to understand the freedom that they have in Christ. You there is freedom from anything that you are bound from literally anything. I've seen people healed from eating disorders. I had a pornography addiction for 10 years of my life. I was depressed and suicidal. The Lord has stripped me from all of that, but I had to, I had to engage my will and say, yes, Lord, this is something that I want. And I, I want to be washed. I want to be clean. I was stuck in so much shame and guilt for so long and I never felt clean. I'd never felt right with the father. And it just kept me in so much deception. The enemy just loved having me in shame with my eyes covered um, and not being able to see where it could be. Um, so yeah, that's <laughs> that kind of, that's, that's what I got to say about that. I have so much more to say, but it's, it's, yeah. I'm like speechless <laughs> but in the best way. Cause it's just such an encouragement to hear like how on fire you are for Christ and how much your life has changed. And I don't know, I'm really excited for people to hear all of that because yeah. that's all stuff I wholeheartedly believe and really learned about in college, like my yeah. freshman year, but I feel like I haven't necessarily explicitly talked about it enough on here. So I'm really excited for people to hear yeah. that. Um, and it's just, I, like you said, it's, you just want to like shake people and be like, yes. oh my goodness, no, like there's a better way. The Lord died for you. And yes. like, you can be released from these chains. Like, I don't know. It's just like, oh, I'm on fire now because of what you're saying. I'm like, I want everyone to listen to this and everyone to hear it. And it's just, oh, you're incredible. The Lord is incredible. <laughs> yes, not you, yes, not us. Lord. I need to be careful about saying that on this podcast because I'll be like, you're so awesome. But like, no, you're awesome yes. because of Jesus. Yes, like without the Lord, absolutely. we would absolutely suck. Yes. And I, I think this whole idea um, offends so many people and so many people are so quick to disagree with it. Like, no, I'm a sinner. Why are you attaching yourself to your sin? Why are you identifying with your sin? I remember when I first went to DTS um, and I was like letting people in on my testimony. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm depressed. That's what the doctor said. Like, that's just how my life is going to be the rest of my life. That's just part of me. And my house leader was like, what in the world? Why would you ever agree that you are something that the Lord has made you not to be? And it was so mind blowing to me that 
detaching myself from that because it's any anxiety, any depression, it's all rooted in either sin or it's a spiritual attack from the enemy. Mm -hmm. And so there was no part of it that was, I had so much comfort in depression and I hope this confronts people because if you are depressed, if you are living in fear, anxiety, take a step back and ask yourself, do you really want to be free from this? And how much are you playing into this? I was listening to sad music. I was just like, I was wallowing in it. Why would I, why? That's exactly where the enemy wants you is just to say, this is how it's going to be. Like, no, Christ died so that there's full healing. There's no, there's no sickness, no mental thing that he cannot heal. And people who say, if it's the Lord's will to heal, it is always the Lord's will to heal you. And so fighting for your own healing, um, it's so, it's so, so, so important. Um, but yeah, we can get into all of the healing and all that stuff later, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, so there's just so much when I'm talking about it, we need to like do a follow-up episode, but one thing, and I've done a few podcasts about this before, just cause one thing that I've become really passionate about and learned a lot about recently is just like unreached and unengaged people mm-hmm. groups. And so we don't have to spend a lot of time on this cause we have like so much to talk about here, yeah. but, um, I know that's something you kind of mentioned, you learn a lot more about, yeah. um, while you're with circuit writers. So can you like, you know, just elaborate on um, that for us and like what you learned specifically. Yeah. So um, I think it was like week four. That was, I can't remember what they titled the week, but it was something to do with like uh, minorities in the church and um, and just the nations. And um, going into this week, I was like, I was worried. Um, and, but it was just so just eye-opening to everything else. And um, so yeah, unreached and unengaged people groups. Unreached means that there is literally no one in that group who has ever heard the name Jesus, the gospel. And Which then, is just crazy. Like, I feel like no no one ever talks about that. It's, it's insane. It's, it's actually crazy. And then unengaged just basically means that um, there are no like standing churches or any sort of organizations in there. And I can't, I think it was like 3,000 people groups that might be unreached, I think. Yeah, it's a pretty, like, a bigger number, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, I mean, it says it in Matthew, the Lord's not coming back until every tribe, tongue, and nation knows his name. Um, And so hearing that, I was like, I mean, you see all the TikToks of the people, like, the Lord's coming back and, like, (laughs) all this stuff, and everybody's like, oh, I'm so scared of the rapture. I'm like, then maybe repent and then you'll be good. But, um, but yeah, he's not coming back until this, this happens. And there are a whole lot of, there's missions that are, um, attached to the nations and to accomplish this goal of reaching everybody, engaging everybody, getting a Bible printed in every single language that there is on earth. Um, and yeah, that was just actually crazy, but that opened my eyes to another, thing of like how important it is to preach the gospel and before i went to dts we had there was like a bible study during camp and it was like the last day and it was it was like we're coaching our kids through like telling their friends about jesus like preaching the gospel and i remember being like yeah it's it's so easy like when you really know him and all this stuff and once i got to dts and found out we were actually supposed to preach the gospel I was like, oh my gosh, I was preaching this to kids, 
never in my life have I ever shared the gospel with someone. And it, oh, it, this is another thing I'm on fire for is like the great commission wasn't just for on fire mission missionaries. It is for every single person on this earth. It is for everybody to preach the gospel. And I just, I, I encourage people, if you don't know how, watch a YouTube video. There's a thing called the five finger gospel. It's so easy. Um, but this whole, so there's a word, I actually have it tatted on me. It's Maranatha and it is, it's in Aramaic and it means there's like a duality to the word and it means Christ has come and he's coming back. And so there was a point where I was like, I am living as though Christ has come and he's died. But am I living as if he's coming back? What it, like what are you doing to prepare the way of the second coming of the Lord? Like there, there's just so much to this, to this word, Maranatha. Like I, yes, I'm living free from sin. I'm dead, dead to sin, alive to God. But what am I doing to make way for like the king to come back? That is, that is an insane thing that the Lord is letting us do to preach the gospel. It is it is incredible that the living God, the most all like all powerful is saying, yes, I trust you with this. And I want you to tell other people about me. And so, um, yeah, like I said, the whole evangelism thing absolutely terrified me. Um, I remember I had like a 45 minute long conversation with this, with this atheist. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I'm done. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> um, and then I started to see people's lives changed from the gospel. I mean, mine was changed, like completely free from all my sin, completely healed. And I, I just could not believe this gift that I had no idea about. I'm like, why did nobody tell me about this? And there are so many people that I've met on tour, um, any, anywhere where I preach the gospel to them and they're, why did nobody tell me about this? And this literally like, I, oh, I might get emotional, but this, this is so crazy. Like, there if you understand the reality of hell and the reality of god's love how can you not share it with people like how it blows my mind and i'm just like whenever i like go go anywhere i can't i can't i just have such a burden heart for people to know jesus and um yeah like just i can't even oh i need to calm down oh my gosh no <laughs> um but yeah, the whole Maranatha, um, I encourage anybody who's listening to really, to learn how to preach the gospel. Um, and I understand the whole missionary life is not for everybody. Like we're called to all sorts of mission fields and the whole, like, make your, make your job or wherever you are at your mission field. Yes. Yes. I a hundred percent agree with that. But a lot of times I think people use that as as an excuse um or i don't know an excuse but that doesn't mean just wherever you are be really kind to people and just show them the love of jesus that way yes do that but tell them the gospel tell them the life-changing gospel just it, it it's insane it is it is crazy and it will change wherever you are times a million and it is scary but once you start to do it and you start to realize you're not doing it for god you're doing it with him like he is with you in it. He loves hearing you tell people about him. Like he's so close to you in that time. Um, and yes, you're going to get it wrong. hundred percent. 
And sometimes it'll be so awkward. I have so many stories where I just walk away from conversations <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that was the most awkward thing ever. Or, oh, I wish like they gave their life to Jesus. But um, anytime it's a seed planted. And a lot of the times I do tell people like if, if they're, if they're like stuck in new age and they don't want to give anything up to Jesus, they're like, they like curse him or whatever. I just say, okay, I've told you this information. It is truth. Now you are, you have no excuse on judgment day. And, um, yeah, like, and, and people, I will say like people, I I've talked to so many like Hindu Muslim people. Um, and I just tell them by the end of the conversation, I'm like, okay, you have this, there's no political, there's no debates going on. Um, you believe this, but I encourage you when you go home tonight, pray in the name of Jesus, ask for Jesus and you, he will show up. He will, I guarantee it. And it is just evangelizing is the most fun thing in the entire world to me now, like telling people about this life, life changing thing. Um, I've just met so many cool people and it's just, it's connecting with people so deeply. Um, and it's just what you were made to do. There's nobody on this earth who was not made to share the gospel. Um, so that yeah. That is so good, especially that last sentence. There's nobody on this earth yes. who was not made to spread the gospel. That's incredible. I just hope that this like <laughs> lights a fire with them people because I feel like it's said a lot of like the Great Commission. We're called to, um, you know, tell people about Jesus, but people just are like, well, I'll go to work and I'll be kind, like you said, but it's like, no, like, do you not understand one, what an honor it is that the Lord chose you to like partner along with him in this great mission. And also like, I don't know, just what you said is so true because yeah. all these people are dying for Jesus. Your coworker yes. um, sitting next to you at work, yes. dying for Jesus. The person in front of you at yes. Chick-fil-A, like all these people need Jesus. All you simply have to do is talk about yes. him. That's it. You might never see them again. You might see them again next week. It might be awkward. It might not be, but it's like, that's what we're called to do as Christians. Yes. It's the number one command. And I feel like the world would just look so different if people were oh actually gosh, living that yes. out, you know? And it's, it's so, it's so true. Like if you, if you are a Christian, you believe in hell, how there's so much lovelessness and not preaching the gospel, like to the person just sitting next to you. Yes. Tell them to have a nice day, everything. It, I don't care if they get offended. I don't care if they like are just so mad at me for saying the name Jesus. I'm going to tell them because I can't, once you've come into that truth of like, everybody is a daughter or a son, whether they know it or not yet, I need to tell them. Like I need, I can't just walk by somebody knowing, oh, I don't know if I'm going to see them in heaven. If you believe in the eternal hell, tell people about Jesus. It's, it's, I'm telling you, it is, it is the most rewarding thing. It's not for us, but genuinely seeing somebody come to the Lord and just be stripped from all shame and have hope again. It is the most incredible thing you will ever see. It is beautiful. I am so excited for this episode to come out, but I, <laughs> since we just really talked obviously a lot about evangelism, kind of take us through when you were like on tour through California, what that looked like. Cause I know that was obviously a lot of evangelism um, and kind of just like what your placement was like across the country, that whole entire process, just everything second semester. Yeah. Okay. So tour, basically at the end of DTS, we got assigned our tour teams and I genuinely, I think I could not have had a better tour team. Like my friends that were on, it was just, 
it was incredible everybody was so on fire and just had so we all just perfect unity all the time um it was incredible um and so yeah we get assigned a tour team we had like 12 people on ours i think and you get assigned a region and um so there was like a sheet that they had sent out of like rank your top three places you wanted to go to um and i put like the rockies and i don't really remember what else and so when we got our tour teams we didn't know where we were going yet and we all thought we were going to like the south because a few of us are from the south and and then they said california and i was like that's that's weird like i would have never thought that this would be where i'm supposed to be um because also at the time i still thought i was going back to AM, all that and um, I going to California, I was scared of like the political climate. And if that was going to bleed into the church, I was scared of, um, just the crazy people. Um, and I just did not like California, even though I'd been one week on vacation. Um, and then I got there and the Lord just changed my heart completely and then assigned me to the California team. Um, so that was crazy. Yeah, I, at that point, I just, I, I knew I was supposed to be there. I knew I was supposed to be with the people that I was with. And it was just like trusting the Lord with finances that he would provide. He definitely did. Um, and yeah, went home for a month, prepared for tour, um, got on a plane, went back to California. And yeah, we just had, we had like a minivan and no, no, no not a minivan, a van and then <laughs> another car. And um, so what that would look like is I think we went to... 17 major universities in California, all, all over. Um, and then we went to Las Vegas for, yeah, Las Vegas for a few nights. But other than that, we stayed in California. And um, so once we had a stop, we had a tour stop, um, we would go to the campus a few days before and we would stay in host homes. Sometimes there are Airbnbs. And a lot of the times it was just families who host missionaries. Um, and yeah, we'd go to the campus, we'd, we'd evangelize the days leading up, invite people to the event, just preach the gospel, um, and just prayer walk the campus. And then we'd have our carry the love events. Um, they were always at night. So that would be night one. And yeah, we'd get there early, do the same thing, preach the gospel, set up, have our events, which were worship. And then uh, our tour leaders would preach the gospel, have an altar call, have a healing call, and then, yeah, more worship. And then day two, so we'd always invite everybody to an evangelism training. Um, and so the point of this tour, Carry the Love Tour, or any circuit rider tour, is to equip people on their campuses to share the gospel and to really see change on their campus. And so we invite everybody to evangelism. We train them on how to preach the gospel, and then we go out and do it with them. And so we'd always get paired up with two or three other people, and we'd literally just go on their campus and show them how to preach the gospel, and they'd do it. Um, and that was such like a life-changing thing for so many people. Like, whoa, I'm actually supposed to do this, and I can do this on my campus. And it's as easy as just saying hi to someone, complimenting their shoes or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, we'd do that. That was day two. And then we road trip to another school and we do that for eight weeks straight. It was really crazy. Saw so many cool things, so many miracles. Um, and it was just incredible. That's cool. I also really like how y'all equipped them to evangelize on their own campus. So 
it could really become a revival and, a yeah. and not just like, hey, we're here, but like, no, continue yeah. this. That's really no, cool. Yeah. So Circuit Riders is fully like, we, there's so much talk of just being so humble and so low before the Lord um, because Circuit Riders does have like a big online social media presence and um, it's in California. And so there's like this stigma of like, oh, these are like the cool people, the cool Christians, but it's, it's nothing. It has nothing to do with us. And so we just, we make that so clear of like, this is not revival coming to your school and then leaving. It is, we are coming here and we are equipping y'all to continue to bring the presence of God on your campus and to tell people about Jesus. And it was just such a crazy time to be on a college tour, like with Asbury happening and it was, it was mind blowing. Um, and there were events that we did that would carry on for like 72 hours. Um, it was wild. Yeah. That's crazy. And I know that specifically I like wrote this down, but, um, you said they, they would be like over 85 people you saw come to faith over your tour. I don't know if that's the right number. You said that I read that somewhere. Don't know if that's right, but like, that's just incredible. Like what did that kind of look like for you when you would have like those altar calls and things like that? I yeah, hope I got so, that number right. I just well, because that was that was, I think that was like halfway through tour or something. Okay. Our total count was 159, and then wow. 72 healings. That's crazy. Which the 72 healings still blows my mind. It actually is crazy, and those are 72 like doctor verified healings. Insane, but yeah. So altar calls, uh, mainly those were from altar calls, and there were so many people that would just walk up because they heard music um where they would just wander in the room and um yeah they just preach the gospel it's simple gospel um and so many people like people are so hungry for jesus and they just don't know it they really don't know it um and so like there's nothing special about circuit riders it's holy spirit led like and that's not a super common thing anymore um, and so when people come to these carry the love events, like me, like just getting rocked by the Holy spirit, not even understanding what was going on. Um, and you are just like, the Lord just compels people. Um, and yeah, it was, it was very cool to see, like some people would come because there were flyers in the bathroom or we'd go and airdrop to like everybody, Wait, like that's where really we were. Smart, actually, they yeah. Thought of that. And people would come in and get saved because they got an airdrop. And it's just so wild that like the, Lord would fill the room so intentionally. Um, and yeah, I, I think like evangelizing too, like getting words for people, um, prophetic words, like you go up and tell somebody something that the Lord had told you about them. They have like, they're like, whoa, there's no chance you would have ever known that. Like, I need to know what's going on. Um, so yeah, a lot of people came because one, somebody on the tour team was like, Hey, you're supposed to be here tonight. Like I know this has been happening in your life. Like you need healing, like come. It's, it's wild. Yeah. It's so cool. And also not crazy because it's God. Yeah. <laughs> but still so cool. Um, and as we kind of like start wrapping up, kind of what takeaways would you have from your whole entire year? And then also like just any advice or anything you want listeners to know before we kind of end any prayer yeah. requests you have, just kind of all of it. Well, anything you want to say that you haven't said. Okay. Let's see. Um, I think major takeaways from the whole year. Um, I'd say the power of truth, um, is huge. And I think, um, 
I think the Bible is very clear on very many things. And I think people's feelings and emotions and what the world says starts to dilute it and cloud out the truth. And then people, that's how people are deconstructing the faith. That's how people are walking away because um, they're confronted by truth that they don't like. And so I, I, truth is so big and to be bold and courageous in that truth. Uh, and so like, I encourage people to genuinely get educated. What is truth? What is not? And just lean on that truth. Cause that is the only thing that is going to get you through anything. And, um, and so, yeah, I think the truth is offensive. The gospel is the most offensive thing to anybody. It is, it is the Lord like preaches for you to be uncomfortable and for you to, to love everybody and, um, to stand firm against truth. Um, and so, yeah, just be bold and courageous in that because if we are not, it is so easy to fall and yeah, just know your truth. I'd say that. No, know the truth. <laughs> that was the one thing I was mixing it up with what I was about to say. This whole, um, find your truth thing, speak your truth. I think that's such a toxic thing that is being preached and it is so false. There's no your truth. There is the truth. Um, so yeah, that, and then, yeah, I just think, um, I don't know, like once I came into contact with like the power of God, um, I just realized what that meaning of like being ruined for the gospel is. And I can very confidently say I've been like absolutely destroyed, ruined for the gospel. Anywhere I go, I can't help but tell people about Jesus. I can't, I can't help it. Um, I went to the Backseat Lovers concert like two nights ago and just, I had taken a step back and um, I was just like, whoa, I really am ruined. I can't think the same anymore. I can't do the same things. I, I truly can't. And I was just looking at the people and I'm like, I can't, I don't know how many of these people like look so happy and yet they're dying. And, um, and so I think just really pressing into the Lord and just asking for that burden heart. Um, because it, it is something I pressed in for all of tour of like, Lord, I, I want to cry over this. Like I want to be so by this that I have to, I have to tell people about the gospel. Um, and he has definitely done that. And so, yeah, I just encourage people to really, really press into that and know the gift that has been given to you and like tell people about it. Um, as far as circuit riders, I will never stop recommending it to people. It's incredible. Um, I do know that YWAM in general is great. Uh, but YWAM is huge. There's 18,000 staff oh, wow. and there's like 200,000 missionaries all over the world. So many different bases. Um, and so if you're looking to do a DTS, uh, I 100% say like Circuit Riders, Fire and Fragrance and Kona is our sister school. Both of those incredible. Uh, if you're looking outside of that, really research who your leaders are if they stand on biblical truth, all of their morals, their mission, uh, because I have seen some very negative experiences through YWAM. And so, yeah, I just very much encourage that. But if you like are so zealous and like you want to see Gen Z reached um, and you want to see your campus reach, even if you're not able to like go off and do circuit riders, um, Carry the Love has student hosts. So anytime we go to a campus, there's a team of student hosts that go there and that organize the event and host it for us. So if you want to do that, 100% do that. But if not, go to HB. Like it, you will definitely not be the same. There's there's no way you could be. Um, so yeah.
this episode. I'm just so excited to like go back and edit it so I can listen to it again. <laughs> um, and I'm really excited for people to listen. And I hope that this isn't just like you're listening to this in your car on a walk and it's like a simple something thrown in the background, but it's like a life change yeah. episode and a revival episode and a like lighting on fire episode. Um, and so before we kind of close, can you just pray for everyone who's Absolutely. Listening? Yes. Thank you. Um, Lord, I just ask that um, anybody who's listening, you just you just breathe fresh life and fresh fire over them. Would you um, would you convict them in such a loving way, but just confront all of their flesh that they have held on to, Lord? Um, and would you start to tell people um, what you want them to give up, Lord? What what sacrifices um, you want? Yes, God, I just ask that you would give fresh fire to preach the gospel, Lord. Would you remind people of the miracle of their salvation and what that actually means, Lord? What the blood of Jesus has actually done for them. Lord, I just ask that you would um, show people that healing is possible, Lord. Um, Holy Spirit, would you just begin to move in people, um, any addictions, any sicknesses? Uh, we just say to go in the name of Jesus, Lord. Um, I just pray that you would just light up truth in people's lives, um, that the lies of the enemy over their identity, um, over who you created them to be would just be broken off. Um, yeah, I just pray that you would mend families, Lord, that you would just give people such a grace for intercession, whether it's for families, their friends, and uh, people would just start to see the power of prayer and the power of you, God, that can just change any situation. Um, I just pray blessings over everybody that's listening, Lord. Um, yeah, would you just teach them what it looks like to be a laid down lover, to just follow you wherever they're at, Lord. If it's full-time mission missions that you're calling them to, or if it's the business field, just any of it, Lord. Um, would you just start to speak to people? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.